Ladies and gentlemen, Josh Barlog. Episode 6, The Josh Barlog Show, December 29th, 2014. Black Monday around the NFL, and um, as expected, all Bears talk for this show. Ryan Ebner joining me via Skype. Ryan, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Josh. It's I know a very eventful Monday. I know you're stoked to uh, start talking about these in trouble Chicago Bears. It, you know, usually when I go to bed on Sunday, I'm a little grumpy because I don't want to wake up with the Mondays. But man, I went to bed last night and I had a smile on my face because I knew. We're, there's going to be some big, big Bears news coming out, and um, maybe not for the right reasons, but you know, change is good sometimes. So, kind of happy about it. You know, the, in in a, a previous show, I said uh, along with Max Reliable K Kaczynski that um, this Bears team would finish six and ten, and when they lost um, to, I, I want to say when they lost to the Eagles, I said, okay, no way, five and eleven. Off the record, of course, so I can't prove it, but nonetheless, they finished 5-11, and 11, and before we get into these, all the things that went on today, let's go ahead and dissect the game on Sunday, because you're going in and you're, you're playing a Minnesota team that is led by Teddy Bridgewater, who is arguably one of, uh, one of the higher disappointments um, as far as uh, breakout players go. I think if you look at it with Teddy, um, compared to the other rookie quarterbacks, which I know it's not saying much, but he's actually, you know, I mean, he's more in the top ones, which is sad. I mean, I think his rating's only like a 40-something, maybe 50-something. Um, but, yeah, definitely a disappointment indeed this season. Yeah, and it, I mean, there's no AP. Your, your receiving core is led by Greg Jennings, and you, it's a field goal battle. You didn't even score a touchdown, and you lose the game, end up 5-11. and 11. We watched this game, and it's very sad. It was cruel. It's, it's very sad yeah. to say <laughs> that when two fans of the Bears are watching the game, and before the ball is even snapped, we can say, here we go, screen to the right, screen to the left, bubble screen to, uh, to Alshon Jeffrey, or you know, uh, a little hitch route for Matt Forte, and that's exactly what happens. I think if we can, yeah, it was if we can read those plays, I'm pretty sure an average uh, defensive coordinator, an average defense, can read that play as well. Yeah, especially. I mean, we were all sitting there watching it, and we're all just yelling, "Screen!" Here comes the screen, and uh, it was just like clockwork. Oh, there's a screen again. It's just you know, I mean. Bravo to Matt Forte for getting the record, but on the other hand of that, and I mean, I don't mean to sound like Debbie Down or anything, but that's not good when your running back has to catch 102 passes. You no. know what I mean? I mean, what did he do? He had uh, eight eight catches, yeah, eight catches for only 23 yards. You know, I mean, the short, dinky, old, you know, predictable plays that they ran in Detroit, or uh, not Detroit, Minnesota ate them up. They just they weren't able to get anything going at all. A team that's uh, ended the season five and eleven with uh, four plays on the offensive side, and I mean, an overworked but underappreciated Matt Forte, Brandon Marshall, and Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, what <laughs> that yeah, that's a, you know we talked about that today. As far as this off season goes, we're going to get more into it uh, in just a little bit. But Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall are the, your only real two receivers. 
They're their only two weapons that you have at wide out. Right. So I think that's something that the Bears need to look into this offseason uh, is, is getting that third receiver. I mean, we, we talked about Marquise Wilson today being that third receiver, but, I mean, on any other team, he's he's a five or a six. Yeah. I mean, and, it was just like the whole Hester thing. You wanted Hester to be a one at one point. On any other team, he's a three or a four. Yeah, it, it's it's a, a huge mess for the Bears. And it starts with Phil Emery, who was honestly, to me, surprisingly let go. I, I didn't think that uh, the McCaskies would would uh, you know follow through with the fans' thoughts and, and get rid of them, but they did so. Uh, Mark Tressman's also gone. Aaron Cromer is gone. But guess who's still around? Good old Mel. Mel Tucker. Now, anyway, we we talked about this. <laughs> we talked about this last show, and I mean, let's be honest. You got to give him at least some credit for the fact that he didn't have anything to work with. He had a, a washed up um, Jarrett Allen, uh, a, a few years, you know, down the drain, Lance Briggs, and his yep. only his only surprise was Kyle Fuller. Yeah, I think a big thing with Tucker is too is that you know as soon as they hired him, uh, it wasn't like, hey, Mel, run the type of defense you think you you want to run. It was like, hey, here's the defense you're going to run. Lovey's defense still, even though Lovey was gone, and that's not fair to him. And uh, you know, I, maybe he could be a really good defensive coordinator somewhere. And uh, I mean, if he's still, you know, obviously right now he's still with the Bears. If that's what they decide to go with, because they believe changing things up, maybe leaving the Tampa too. Wow, that'd be weird if the Bears didn't have a Tampa too, but uh, maybe that helps him. Maybe he looks better that way. But uh, like, yeah, like you said, they did not have uh, he didn't have anything to work with really, and you know, all the old guys are all banged up anyway. And it, I, I talked about uh, this with you too. Is it not not just coaching, uh, but just the the scheme? that this Bears defense is running. You mentioned the Tampa 2. It obviously doesn't work. It hasn't worked. I said, you know, forget the blitz. It's not It's not going to happen. The Bears haven't shown that they're a, a powerhouse in the blitz game for a while. I mean, I want to say Super Bowl. Um, Ooh, yeah. yeah, a long time ago. And, you know, I said, start running a 3-4 zone because we've seen time in and time out this year that – the secondary just gets burned, absolutely torched. So running a cover, you know, not even a cover three, cover two all the time, but running that three, four zone, dropping your middle linebackers to the middle of the field, forget the blitz. Who cares? You know, if you're going to flood out a quarterback, they're just going to run on you anyway, because that's what we saw all season long with Cam Newton. I mean, even Aaron Rodgers did it against the bears. So protect the secondary. By running a zone, you know, contain the pass game. It's not going to get you, you know, three and outs, you know, unless your defensive personnel is unbelievable, which from what it what we saw this year uh, is a long shot. And yeah, it was awful. Yeah, and stop the run because that's another thing we saw too. Did an okay job on on you know most weeks, but for the most part. We we saw a lot of uh, a lot of Reggie Bush, a lot of Joyke okay, Bell. <laughs> so I, I mean, think about it this way: 
with you, you know, stopping the run. You didn't have to go against Adrian Peterson and Asiata still torched them. Yeah, yeah. And Asiata so is like ninety something behind. Is nowhere near a household name. No. So just, uh... coming into the draft, Bears finish again. Finish the season five and eleven. Have the seventh pick in the first round. And if I have my if I have it right, that's the twenty fifth in this in the second. E, well, uh, yes. Unless yeah, they unless so. you know unless they trade picks, so the seventh and the twenty fifth pick. Where do we go? Because this draft class, unless there's a ton of sleepers out there, does not look promising. I think that the Bears, um, when you get to that, well, I think a lot of things are going to have to happen. You're, you're, it's too soon because I think you still have to see what's going on with Cutler. You know, if you are keeping Cutler or you're not or, uh, you know, something like that. Because if you're not going to keep Cutler, well, then if a Winston's there at seven, you know, who's to say you don't take Winston there? But uh, and from what I'm believing is that Cutler is going to stay. Um, they're just going to, you know, get new coaching staff to go with him. Oh, what yeah, a shock, no, they, another they, coaching staff. There's no way Cutler goes because, first of all, there's way too much money left on his contract and yeah. they already have enough on their plate as it is. So I think if if Cutler was and a lot of people think this but it's not true. If Cutler was the only problem that the Bears had, I would say pay out his contract and and you know pack his bags, but that that's not the smart thing to do now. I I think <clears throat> I think if Cutler fin- uh played the way he really could and you know the the first couple of weeks of the season plays great and those i mean those turnovers need to go they need to come down they need to be cut in half if yeah I say yeah i mean at least cut in half yeah so i i think cutler from now for now it does give you the best option to win at quarterback it's just a matter of you know how he's going to play i mean if he's if he's going to be disappointment a disappointment next year then cut him loose. It, it, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. It, he's got to go if next year uh, no improvements are made. I, I, I think you have to see what teams are willing to trade for him right now um, and what the market is because, I mean, say you get a third round, it's not too bad for Jay. But, I mean, back to their draft pick, uh, sitting there at seven, it, there's just not a whole lot of talent in this draft that's worth it. I know the mock draft saying they're going to draft. I believe it's the safety out of LSU. I think we talked about earlier. I mean, if you're going to draft a safety with a seventh pick, then that safety better be real good. I mean, real good. Palomalu, Sanders, you know, Reed, all Sean Taylor down the line. They got to be that type of talented. So I think the Bears' best bet might be to trade down and see what they get and just accumulate more picks because it's not just going to take one pick in the first round to rebuild this team going to take multiple picks so i think uh trade down add more picks add some different talent and go from there we talk about these uh, these draft picks and it just makes me think the bears have not had a first round pick a second round pick that has been absolutely explosive hasn't made headlines for you know i, I want to say years they, they have, we talked about today wasn't our wasn't <clears throat> the last you know really impact first round pick rex grossman 
Yeah, it's really gross. Rex yeah. Grossman. I'm, I mean, you can say, uh, I mean, I think it's kind of soon, but at the moment you look at Kyle Long, Kyle Fuller, uh, those could be really good impact pick down the road. But, yeah, I mean, it, and another issue is that the Bears don't get, they don't, um, when they draft, they don't have a full draft where you see like, oh, wow, look at this guy they got in the third round or look at this guy in the fifth round. No, it's like they get one good guy out of the draft or one decent guy, and that's it. Whether it was Jeffrey, they didn't get anything else. And they got Long, and then they didn't get anything else. And then last year it was Fuller. What else did we get besides Fuller? You know, nothing. A kicker uh, and David Fails. Yeah, nothing. Who so. I still think <laughs> who I still think should have started yesterday. Of course he should have. Of course. I mean, because what's the point of throwing Cutler out there if you're going to yeah. be 16? Yeah, There's ridiculous. No There's no... Uh, it, yeah, uh, unbelievable. I mean, I understand he's twenty. You're paying him twenty million dollars or whatever, but uh, you know, so you want to play. Well, then why the hell was he out in week sixteen? What's the point? Yeah, they, I mean, I feel like to me that's like punishing a child. But then you know, he's just like a little slap on the wrist. All right, go back out there. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you know? uh, and that's I think that was the deciding, you know, the deciding factor that really sent out Mark Tressman and Phil Emery because. Even as fans, I mean, we, 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 aside from me, because I watched a few games, and that's not even saying much of David Fales, no one knows who this guy is. And we wanted him out there because we can't stand one more week of Jay Cutler this year. And you know, Mark Tressman, for some odd reason, made the call and let him play. So, I mean, if he's your guy, um, bring him with you to the CFL because that's probably where you're going. <laughs> and as as far as you know replacing Trestman I mean our options first of all our options are slim to none and for that reason I blame Emery because you bring in Mark Trestman who was not your best option in my opinion Bruce Arians was your best option and for some reason you passed on that and now look what he's doing in in Arizona and now we have Rex Ryan, who was fired by the New York Jets. Um, Mike Shanahan, who, oi, um, what are what what do you think the best options are? Because CSNChicago.com released a list of the top eleven best options, not necessarily best option, but the top, the, the eleven options that the Bears could go for the head coaching job, and. Would you, would you rather me go through this list or would you rather just kind of spitball and see who you think would be the best option? Uh, you know, I mean, to me, uh, I still think as of right now, um, Rex Ryan has to be the best option. I mean, yeah, the whole nostalgia because his dad coached, was his coordinator for the Bears and uh, stuff like that. But Rex has shown, you know, I mean, think about it. He took a Jets team with Mark Sanchez as a quarterback to the playoffs, and they won games in the playoffs. Um, Rex is the type of coach that can handle the media. Which I don't is care about the media right now because I. I, I but it, no, I, I don't care about the media. I don't care about the media because coach, if you could, if you bring in a coach that can handle the media, that 
that sort of leads you to, well, <laughs> here we go. We're going to lose again, and uh, he's he's going to be able to handle it, so it's going to be okay. I get the fact that he led the Jets to the playoffs and won, but um, that's it's the Jets, and their schedule is never unreal unless they you know play the Patriots, which they usually do, and they usually play them well. But I yeah, don't think I mean, he's he's played Tom well. I don't think Rex Ryan is necessarily the the best. I don't know. See, it's so tough to to decide these these things as as spectators go you, because you have to look at it as. I mean, to me, you have to look at it as: Do you want a veteran coach, or do you want a new coach? You know, and if that's the case, you want a new coach, then I think you know someone like Dan Quinn would be. Uh, a perfect fit for the Bears. I think no matter what, and I think we both can agree on this. Whoever your head coach is has to be defensive minded. Yeah. No. It, it, has to. Yeah, because I mean, there's no, there's no way that this Bears team wins without a great defense. We saw it in the Super Bowl year, the Super Bowl appearance year. Uh, that defense was unreal, and you know the offense had their struggles, but the defense was there to to pick them up and. And you know, ended up riding that thing out to to a Super Bowl appearance. But I'm right with you. I think um, I think Quinn would be a good a good option. It's just it's so tough to say because we this is a Bears team who, again, uh, you know, after Lovey Smith, the Bears are interviewing Bruce Arians. Oh man, this is exciting! Breaking news: Bears hire Mark Trestman as new head coach. Who is Mark Trestman? So that's why I it's it's so tough it's so tough to decide these things because the Bears are at the top of my list as far as teams who make deals that no one can react to. I mean they make deals from left field. Right. I think we could both agree who we want, like who we really want to be the coach of the Bears. Uh, but we know how unlikely it is. I think Bill Cowher would be an awesome yeah. coach for the Bears. Yeah, I mean, it'd be so cool. Um, but and it's so weird that he's. Even, I want to know why he's on this list. Like, how do they know that? Like, I didn't even know Bill Cowher wanted yeah, to coach it, again. It's. I think it's one of those things. Hey, who's free? Um, oh, oh, here's okay. here's our best option. I mean, Jack Del Rio is on this list. Hugh okay, Jackson uh, is on the list. Right. I mean, I think that uh, two two. Uh, spots that aren't on this list but should be um, the defensive coordinator from Detroit and the defensive coordinator from Arizona. Uh, both those guys are, get, especially the one in Detroit, getting hard looks. A lot of people say that uh, I, his name is just slipping my brain. But the coordinator in Detroit, a lot of people compare him to Mike Tomlin and the way his attitude is and the way players respect him. And I mean, that's what you need. You need a coach in them that's going to gain the respect of these players. Which is another big thing with the whole, you know, it's time to clean house because I think these old Lovey Smith players need to go um, for this to be a proper change. And uh, that doesn't necessarily mean all of them. Obviously, Brandon and Cutler and them played with Lovey, and, but they were also on board with this whole, here's Tressman, he's our coach now, this is what we're doing. Yeah, yeah and I, first of all, I mean, let's go back to the list real quick. Why is Jim Schwartz on here? Uh, I guess because he did a good job with that Buffalo D this year. I mean, they had a, a great defense this year. Defense uh, they, was great, but I, I don't want him. No way. I know. I know. No I don't way. Want him either. <laughs> but um, I, I think it's just his defensive weight. But I think again, he he's a good coordinator. 
you know. Yeah, I don't and think that, he's a good head coach. And that that leads that leads me to this question: Where do the Bears go off on the offensive side of the football as far as coordinator goes? Because I, I I'm going through this list, and I mean Gary Kubiak, offensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, coordinator. Um, I, Jack Del Rio, go ahead, bring him over as a coordinator. Um, Rex Ryan would. I, we talked about this. Rex Ryan would be great for a coordinator, but he there's no way he would take that. Yeah, um, I, but I mean, like, look ha, at. Like, I mean, look at where these guys are already at, though. Like, okay, for instance, like uh, Del Rio's in uh, Denver, Kubiak in Baltimore. Like, are those guys really want to leave those teams to be a coordinator for the Bears? You know, it's I mean, just, it's definitely a step down. Yeah, so uh, that's an issue in itself, and it's just I don't uh, I don't know where they're going to go. Coordinator, obviously, they have to go coach first, and then let the coach bring in their guy. You know, um, I think GM needs to be a huge priority for the Bears right now because if you if you get a coach before you get a, a GM, then you're kind of already starting things off on the wrong foot. Because you're not letting that GM get the, his guy or the guy that they think really works, or you know, so the GM's got to come first. But they got to move fast because there's, well, I think there's five other teams looking for head coaches right now. Uh, so they got to move fast, and people are already setting up interviews, and uh, the Bears are already going to be kind of a step behind the curve because they also fired the GM at the same time. Yeah, and uh, first of all, good catch on the uh, position mix-up on the coaches. Um, the talk of the GM hiring. I mean, Mike Holmgren's in the mix. Bill Pollyan's in the mix. In the mix. I, I let's can we can we hire Theo Epstein? <laughs> I mean, Anal- it, analytics man. A analytics. guy, a guy who is not afraid. And I talked about this today. Is not afraid to spend the money. Although, I mean, it it's all on Jay Cutler. <laughs> it's going to spend the money to get the tools that this team needs to, you know, take that next step forward. And Phil Emery was not that guy. He put all his money, you know, quick to assume that Jay Cutler was was going to be at the top of his game for years. Uh, you know, placed all that money on him. Uh, a good job of bringing in Brandon Marshall. That was a signing that we were all ecstatic about. Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, is obviously uh, our number two receiver, but other than that, I I see no other real positive that Phil Emery left uh, for this team. No, I mean, like you know, uh, he got two uh, the two big things wrong: uh, the head coach hiring and then the contract of Cutler. So, yep, uh, that that's really what sealed his fate. No matter what he would have done, you know. Uh, like you said, the Marshall bring in Marshall uh, when they trade for him. What they I think they gave up like a fourth round pick. Uh, that was awesome move, and that got everybody excited. Like whoa, like look at this guy. He's bringing in Brandon Marshall to work with Jay. Like this is awesome. And uh, we look at it now, and it's like, well, you know, good move there. But again, his first draft pick he ever had was Shea McClellan. Well, that didn't turn out so well. And so, they put him uh, on the defensive line. That's yeah. the coach. That's the coach's issue, and I said, and I I got to be honest, football is not my first most knowledgeable sport. But even I said, this guy is playing linebacker at Boise State, and you draft him and you put him on the line. What in the world is wrong with you? 
Because you needed I a just, spot filled? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, whatever. I don't know why, uh, that obviously, they felt that the need to move him out of his comfort position. I mean, it's kind of like the Sox moving Beckham from short to second. And, you know, it, there's a lot of things that go into it, but you uh, – that's definitely, like you said, a coaching a coaching flaw. And uh, if he kind of have to pay attention, like, wow, look at this guy isn't doing anything. Maybe we shouldn't put him on the line. But again, they didn't want to do that, and they just kept him where he was, and he just was never able to blossom because of it. Yeah, and you know, everybody blamed Shea McClellan. What do you want the guy to do? He's not even three hundred pounds, and he's going up against you know these these grown men who can bench a, f- a fire truck and you're expecting him to to compete on the line with them. It's, it doesn't make any sense. And I'm so happy that this Bears you know, front office is finally starting to clean house because that's exactly what they needed. And I, we talk about it. Uh, we talked about it today and, you know, in, in days past that Bears fans are going to need to be prepared because, Unless something crazy happens in the off season, unless they get that grade A hire that uh, Jay Cutler decides to start, you know, playing for what he's worth next season. Matt Forte has another year like he had this year. Brandon Marshall keeps his mouth shut and plays, and you know, you pick up that third receiver, and the defense just gets revamped because that's what they need. The Bears are going to suck for uh, three, four, four years max, unless something crazy like that happens there was so many what ifs in that statement that uh like you said the bear fans we all need to just well i guess bear down you could say uh you need to just tie yourself down on grit your teeth and understand this is gonna be really hard to watch um but it's kind of part of the process and i understand it's a little different than baseball because obviously baseball has a minor league system and uh you know, you hundreds of prospects in that system, and there, you know, there's so many different things. But with football, it's you know, you got to build from the draft, and you have to do uh, just get the right phrases that fit your system. And it takes a little bit more time than uh, baseball does, so it's not going to be a quick fix um, by any means. Like you said, unless you know, all that stuff happens, um, it's it's going to be painful. But uh, hopefully. At the end of it, it pays off, and uh, the Bears are where they need to be. Because I'm sorry for being the charter franchise and uh, winning two championships, you know, one Super Bowl, one NFL championship uh, within the last 50 years. It's pretty pathetic. So yeah, and change. And you know, fi- like I said, finally that this front office is is getting things done, and that including uh, George McCaskey and George. George had a, a little bit to say uh, this morning on CSNChicago.com, an interview meeting, you know, meeting with the press after a long flight. I, I'm sure that flight felt like 12 hours from uh, from Minnesota. Here's George McCaskey and what he had to say uh, today on CSN. She's pissed off. I can't think of a 91-year-old woman that that description would apply to. But in this case, I can't think of a more accurate description. She's been on this earth for eight of the Bears' nine championships, and she wants more. She feels that it's been too long since the last one. 
And that dissatisfaction is shared by her children, her grandchildren, and her great-grandchildren. I couldn't help myself but laugh at uh, she's pissed off. Well, George, there's a lot of people that are pissed off, and uh, bravo, you're finally doing something about it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it is kind of funny that uh, to think of Virginia McCaskey as pissed off. But uh, I think it's, man, it's just, there's so much. It's, you know, the, the way that the ownership has handled this team for years, years. Uh, it's been poor. Um, George, I think, is probably one of the only uh, kids that actually cares enough about it, you know, actually cares about the Bears, not just, you know, about making the money. Um, and uh, like he said, his best is Virginia's pissed off. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad because a 5-11 and 11 record with the talent that says should be 11-5, and five, that pisses me off too. So, just yeah, it's, there's a Like I said, there's a lot of people that feel the same way, so there's, there's no surprise there. I'm happy that he didn't uh, hold anything back during the during the uh, the press conference because there's no reason to um, uh, there's a lot of angry people in the city of Chicago and even you know the, the fans that are that are out of state that probably pay a lot more money to go see this Bears team when they're on the road and only to you know pay that much money for a ticket and you're gonna go see a team that has nothing going for them I mean like you said, a team that should be five and or eleven and five, on paper, should should make the playoffs, and the defense playoffs. playoff. You talk about playoffs. Playoffs. The the defense was an absolute mess this year. Jay Cutler did not play for how much he gets paid. The only two players that I can really say, you know what? There's the bright spot in this Bears on this Bears team. It's Matt Forte and Kyle Fuller. Yes, Kyle Fuller did, you know, had a few plays where he he was out of position, he got burned, you know, what have you. But you got to think, he's a rookie and still the bright spot on that defense. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, Kyle uh, had a huge rookie year. Uh, there was like a stretch of four games where he was getting, you know, burned. But again, he only had one hand. You know, so yeah, uh, come on. He's he's played really well. Uh, Matt Forte obviously just having a career year. And I think a guy that kind of slides under the, you know the radar a little bit, maybe because you know his quarterback isn't getting him the ball all the time, is Martellus Bennett. I think Bennett has played it awesome this year. He should have got way more recognition as a tight end this season. How much how great he's done, and um, he to me was a Pro Bowl caliber season that he had. Um, I just, like you said, there's not a lot of bright spots on this Bears team, and that's what's really sad about it. Um, you have talent up and down the roster um, that should make you better than you are. Um, they shoot themselves in the foot so many times. I mean, I, I'll admit it, I drink the Kool-Aid really hard on this Bears team. Uh, on, on our or on my show, I picked them to win the Super Bowl. That was stupid. Uh Definitely, definitely stupid. Now, Michael Irvin also picked Cutler to win the MVP award, and uh, we see how that went. Um, <laughs> but it's just it's just not good. It's not good at all. And uh, I just, I, it's hard. It's really hard to swallow how bad this team was. And I'm sure 
I'm sure Bears fans who have listened to the radio and you know watched CSN Chicago have have tuned out by now because you know we're we're basically reiterating what everybody's saying. But I think as 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 far as this off season goes, a lot of things are going to have to happen, as I mentioned before. Um, but I I think we got to wrap this thing up because. Uh, my heart rate is at an all-time high. Um, I'm starting to be, starting to fear for my health. Getting because, the sweats. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting the cold sweats. I just, <laughs> I don't know what to do. So we're gonna end this thing, and I, I I'm wondering if you have it because it, it, it have it, it happened last show, and it happens every show on here. But I'm, I'm just kind of wondering if you, if you came prepared. Uh, it's time for three strikes. You're out, and my three strikes are uh, the. Other teams in Chicago who are not getting recognition on the show because of everything that's going on with the Bears. Chicago Blackhawks, bravo, round of applause, encore, encore, what have what, you. Yeah, what a great comeback. Yeah, finishing uh, finishing off a 3 nothing comeback on the Nashville Predators today. Winning 5-4 in a shootout. Uh, the Chicago Bulls are Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy Buckets and Derrick Rose and Pau Gasol. You can name anybody on that team, and they're performing. Uh, I want to say now twenty-two and nine on the year, atop the yeah. atop the NBA Eastern Conference. And my third strike: under a hundred days left until opening day for baseball. So uh, get Thank your Lord. get your apparel out. Start uh, start making those those ticket plans for the Cubs and White Sox because. Aside from the signings that the Bears are going to be making in the uh, in the springtime, that's what we have to look forward to um, come March. I know it's it's a bright spot. I'm really happy about that, and uh, it's something else to look forward to besides worrying about who the hell the Bears are going to sign or draft. So, yeah, and uh, yeah, a, a bonus fourth strike. Here's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, Har- Harbaugh well, coaching the Har- Harbaugh, yeah, Harbaugh coaching uh, the the Michigan Wolverines. I'm I'm wondering if that's going to be a flop <laughs> or not. I I don't I don't think so. Um, no. But uh, it, what I'm looking forward to is New Year's Day sports because we got the the Blackhawks going to Nationals Park and playing the Capitals and and another Winter Classic and the bowl games. Yeah, we got uh, it's like a gift from the sports god uh, for one day. I had to call off work, you know, because it's just too much stuff. Yeah, and uh, just wanted the day off to relax and enjoy something that we don't usually get days like that all the time. So this is really nice. Yeah, uh, a day where the sports fans are in their glory, just plopping down on the couch, you know, your snacks in front of you, whatever you, whatever, what have you, and watching sports from. 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. at night. And uh, for you guys, a happy new year. And I hope everybody had a happy holiday. Looking forward to a lot of things in 2015 and the continuation of the Josh Barlog Show. Ryan, thanks for coming on. I know um, I probably hurt your health a little bit. Hey, you know, I got to get ready for tomorrow anyway to do this on uh, my show. So, Oh, nice uh, plug. (laughs) Nice Nice plug, bud. Well, yeah. I mean, I know they probably listen to the Josh, Josh Barlock show on repeat, but you of know, course. they need another show to listen to. Yeah, why don't you? Uh, yeah, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell them where they can find you? 
shamelessly plug myself. Okay. So on Twitter, guys, you guys can find us at Second City SC. If you want to listen to the podcast, it's on SoundCloud, uh, soundcloud.com slash Second City dash sports chat. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Second City Sports Chat. Uh, Josh, thank you for having me on the show, and I hope you guys all have a happy new year. All right, guys, that's going to wrap things up for Episode 6 of the Josh Barlog Show and the year of 2014. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Barlog. Check out the blog, joshbarlog.blogspot.com. Looking forward to 2015. Stay humble, sports fans.